Hello and welcome to our first podcast. My name is Amara. I work in tech as an operations manager. With me, I have Kat and Ashfia. Ladies, I'm going to let you introduce yourselves. Hi both. Hi everybody. I am Ashfia and I work in tech too. I work for a company in the professional services department and um, I manage a team of developers, managers, um, a mixed skills team. Yes, uh, my name is Kat. I am a software engineer and have been for about 20 plus years now. Um, so I'm definitely a woman in tech and have been for quite a while. Perfect. And how are you guys doing today? I'm not doing too bad, actually. It's been a funny day because you know, uh, we're recording this on a Monday. Um, so back to work, back to the grind after after the weekend, which is pretty nice and chill. Obviously, lockdown is still a thing that is impacting all of us uh, in, in various different ways. But yeah, when I managed to get out for a walk... Uh, Ashford, how about, how was your weekend? Yeah, it was really good. Really good. I'm just um, you know, Monday Mondays Mondays are always busy days, but I think it's gonna be a positive week. I just hope so. So what are we what are we trying to do? And why why are we here? I guess that'd be a good question for us to start off with, ladies. I think yeah, I mean so the reason I mean this podcast is really the end result of a lot of conversations between the three of us uh either you know uh, as, as subgroups or as a whole talking about obviously the sort of the dearth of women in tech and how we as you know senior people in companies still look around don't see people like us feel quite lonely but also there's the the aspects of who we are and how we bring that to work and how that impacts us and really i think i think I don't want to speak for you guys, but for me, certainly, it's the opportunity to be a a possibility model. It is to show people that you can do this as a job. You can get involved, and just to have a platform to talk about, you know, the the issues about women in tech. You know, what I wish I knew when I was younger, what I can do now, how, you know, my being gay also insect you know insects with that sort of thing i like that being a possibility model Ashley, what brings you what brings you here i think for me it's i think it's a combination i know how i know how hard it is for women out there or um to, to really enter or be in tech and when i say hard i don't I don't mean in terms of there's it's it's a difficult subject or it's a difficult industry to be in. It's a case of um, there's not many women in tech or in sciences. So I'd like to be that positive um, role model to say, okay, well, if she can do it, I'd like to see, I'd like to see, or we collectively as a group can do it, then surely that will encourage other girls, other ladies, um, anyone really to come out and try something. I was going to say, I, I completely agree with what, what Ashley was saying. We, we all have a responsibility. And I think especially having had quite diverse careers and, and, you know, obviously different backgrounds and where we've started from to, to where we now are, to, to share basically our insight, what we think is important, and hopefully tips and tricks that might help 
engage the younger generation into you know stem and tech subjects subjects specifically and and kind of see a representation of themselves within within all of us and 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 find that they have someone they can look up to and and inspire to be which i'm pretty sure and and again i hope you know i i can speak for all of us we probably lacked when we were we were their age i don't remember seeing many women of color in tech cat you know again within the lgbtq community you know aspiring to be a, a female you know software engineer or technician you don't really see many of them or if you do they probably are in the background just developing as back-end developers it, it'd be really good to use this podcast as an opportunity to shine the the torch and spotlight on 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 all the diversity within women in tech and stem and and engage you know the future generation hopefully absolutely i think the other the flip side of that and that that's all true and enormously important but also to demonstrate that we are people i know it's shocking for some people but uh, to find out that women are people too but we're not perfect we are fallible we are humorous sometimes we yeah you know, we have interests and personalities and i think that gets lost sometimes in this sort of push to women in tech women in tech women in tech like what does that really mean because Yes, we all have those hurdles to overcome, and it's very important, I think, for people to see people doing it. But then to also realise that those people are people just like them. You know, a good thing we are bound to talk about at some point is imposter syndrome. I I am more than happy to stand up and say, yep, I totally have imposter syndrome, still. After 20 years, still have it. Every day, you know, and, you know, I I struggle with my mental health occasionally, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Because I think you can find a lot of pressure to be perfect. Because you are not put on a pedestal, but you, you, anything that makes you stand out as slightly different from the majority, there mm-hmm. is a lot of pressure to be like a, a perfect representative of of you know of whatever you are being seen as. And I'd like to demystify that a bit. I think it's it's interesting you say um, to be perfect. I think quite often women or or even even as young girls you you don't go into subject young young you, you could be at university you can be at college and you may want to apply for a job but why would you you wouldn't apply for the job because actually you didn't get the grades at this and you know you didn't take programming as, as one of your subjects in your degree or perhaps you didn't take ai or perhaps you didn't take databases and you didn't get i don't know 80 or 90 percent in all of them so therefore you shouldn't go for that job and i think it's almost um somehow I, I, I'd like this podcast to break that, to be part of part of breaking that cycle where it's okay. It, you don't have to be 100% to go for something. You can be 50% because actually you'll learn the rest of it. And what you don't know, you'll embrace or, you know, whereas I think quite often men will just go for it. They will have just 20% of it and they'll have the confidence and that will make up for the 70% they don't know. So it would be amazing if somehow through doing this podcast, we could somehow um, communicate to our audience to say, do you know what? It's okay. You don't have to be perfect. Absolutely. You covered some really, really good topics there. I think there is a huge disparity between 
confidence between the two separate sexes. It's it's there. We can't deny it. it. It's interesting because I see a lot of young children, young you know girls, toddlers, and they're so confident and they're so headstrong. And I always then look around and ask my friends or you know if, if I know the parents, etc. Like I really hope they don't lose that because somewhere along the way, society. It, it it takes that confidence away from young girls. So when they're growing up as women, we're ending up just having to conform and losing some of that sort of individual characters or characterisms that make us strong leaders, make us empathetic. And definitely imposter syndrome, I think we've all we've all gone through that as well. I'm gonna throw a question out there, ladies, like do you has there been a pivotal moment in your career or or just in general as you know as as a woman in tech or a woman growing up that made you stop and think WTF and 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 kind of now makes you you know want to make sure that the next version of you out there doesn't go through that or doesn't have to face that because you can share that with them as a tip or to say it's okay to not be okay I think for me, I think the thing that springs to mind was the realization that sort of crept up on me over time. Was I was lonely because and not 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 in a kind of soul-searching, angsty way, but and it took a really long time to put a finger on why and what was strange about every every day, and it was that something like, oh wait, I really am for for months at a time the only person like me in this meeting. Whatever meeting it would be, you know, uh, sprint planning or sort of team lead meeting. And you look around and it, 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 took, it took years to work out what that sense of slight strangeness was because you eventually you get used to it. But it was the point where I suddenly realised, wow, this is actually really lonely. This this does suck. I can empathise with that, but but I hope um, and I, and I hope after years or months of being in that position, it's a case of you understand that that's okay. That's also okay. It's okay to be different and be the only one. Um, for me, I think I've got two two two. Two um, stories I always tell. The first one is um, my first ever, I did programming um, at university and um, and I used to have friends who told me that um, they had, get, you know, they would program for fun, but I, did, I never programmed for fun because by the time I was 16 or 17, I programmed because somebody paid me to, so I never had, you know, I never had the opportunity to, fun, to have the fun because I was getting paid. And then... When I went for my first job, the first interview took me on, and you know I was really into fashion at that point, as I always was as a girl. So I'm a girly girl, as you, as you both know, and um, um, but it doesn't mean just because I'm a girly girl I don't program, because we've got a stereotypical. So and the first interview they went, they looked at me, asked me a few questions, and they said, "I think you'd rather be a BA, wouldn't you?" Wow. And there was no technical question answered, just it was a generalisation. And I said, no, it's fine. Do you know what? I'll just go for another job. And um, my second, what the 
<laughs> what the F moment is probably very, very recently. Well, not that recently, quite a few years ago. Um, I've got an extens- extensive CV. I've worked for many big corporates. I've got some big logos and um, my CV speaks for itself. And I had a gap where I had a baby and I went to work for, I went, I applied at this company and a woman interviewed me and she said, well, what did you do for that one year? Well, she had the baby. And I just looked and I just looked at her and said, you know, I didn't look at it, it was on the phone. And I said, well, what do you think I did? And at that point I um, rejected the interview and I said, I don't want to continue with you. Because obviously it's a stupid, it's, it's more of a stupid question, but I've heard it so many times. We quite often focus on gaps. So you, ha- you have these recruiters and they look at these gaps and they think they're really clever because actually here's a candidate with 20 years of experience, but do you know what? They've got a month off. So what did they do in that month off? So we quite, so get, it just shows us that we don't, um, we should be, we should be promoted. We should be looking at the positives, not the negatives. It's not a negative. Well, it's also the, it's also the assumptions that people make. And I remember a great one was, uh, I was interviewing somebody for a role, um, and I showed them to a room as as clearly I met them at the front door and I, I took them to the room and I'd be you know, after you polite can I get you a drink of anything and then they turned around and said uh, and then they turned around and were like uh, so you in HR and I'm like no way like, no way that's I was like no I'm, I'm the person who's about to give you a, one of those fun uh, whiteboard technical tests and I think you started off on the wrong foot with that. <laughs> blatant assumption how do you how do you come back from that I, I i don't i don't think there's any way that you can come back from that when you're interviewing i think the thing is to remember you're interviewing the company and the company's interviewing you and when you when you hear things like this just walk away oh gosh yes it, it's it's one of those fun things when interviews are so very much an art it is you can mess it up and just that sort of assumption that people make when you go to interview them that what on earth do you think that's going to gain you but thankfully you don't see it that often anymore i think clearly that was a problem like a good 10 15 or more years ago that would be far more i mean i have the 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 fun um so my cv it doesn't use it uses my professional title which is doctor um oh yes i like to remind people i have a phd because I worked damn hard to get that, um, but of course that's, that's that's fantastically gender neutral, and of course the, the the let's just say people make assumptions about who they're about to meet, and then I come Dr. out. Dr. Baker. Indeed, then I come out in. It's interesting that all three of us have had it where non where people will assume that our names are male. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, professionals are men. It's it's like that. Uh, there's that really famous. Um, like a mind experiment you can do on someone where you say um, so a a man takes his son out for a drive um, at night and it's raining and they have a terrible car crash and they're both injured uh, and they're driven in ambulances to the hospital and you know so they're both you know quite seriously injured and the the young boy is wheeled into the OR Uh, and you know Everyone's scrubbing in, and the surgeon walks in and, and looks down and goes, I can't operate on this person, this is my son. And then, so the question is, well, how is that possible? Because she's female, right? Yes, but you'd be amazed how many people don't get the fact the surgeon could be a woman. Hey, I'm not, honestly, it 
not a lot shocks me nowadays. I recently read a book and I'm trying to remember the title. It's really, really popular. So I'm quite annoyed that it's not coming in my head right now. So if you have read it, please um, shout the title out. But it basically talks about the, the, the discrimination that women go through in every aspect of society. Because if you think about it, if the lawmakers, if the people who are in the senior positions across all industries are of a certain you know sex they're only going to and we all do it we have that unconscious bias in our you know it's it's inherent it's there we are then only going to look at problems and fixes for, for which which would work for us so you hear stories about um oh it's going to annoy me that i don't remember the name of this book now but there's there's stories in there about you know if you go to um you know any any sort of outside theater or place etc why the queues for the women's toilets are far lot you know bigger and larger than for the males because the people who designed them only designed them with men you know with men in mind so the male urinals you know there's you can put more into that space and women need more space when we go to the bathroom because generally you know we were taking you know um, different things in we've got handbags etc we might have children we're taking in with us you know this is a women's women's podcast we might be on that time in the month we, so there's there's a lot more that we need to take with us so we need a lot more space which then means when we're going to the bathroom it actually becomes a bit of, a bit of a longer activity right but when you're when they're creating these spaces in in these buildings both the size of the men's um bathroom facilities are the same as women's bathroom facilities which means there's less um, female uh, toilets in the in the female space whereas the men's space can take more urinals and it's just small things like that where it gets i will i will remember the name of the book and if any of the listeners are are listening and they remember the name of the book please please let me know um i have it on my shelf but unfortunately it's in another room but it and it talks through all these different sort of you know examples in different sort of like um areas of society in there that even i wasn't aware of i think we should we should uh, go through the week and see how many times we can witness unconscious bias well and i think also but you know one of the things i'm very aware of is i suffer from it we all do we, we you know we've all grown up in the societies we've grown up in um you know my background is very much you know south of england white middle class so i have an awful lot of unconscious biases just banged into my head you know including internalized sexism like you, you can't you can't really escape it i think what you have to be willing to do is recognizing yourself when you're you know falling foul of that sort of thing and not be annoyed when people point it out, uh, which is something men are very, very bad at. I think I think I read somewhere that it was. It's very much like if you grow up in any kind of marginalized state, you know, women, uh, people of color, uh, queer people. At some point, your bubble will be burst for you. You will have have your bubble burst. Um, but if you are a straight white guy, if you don't choose to burst it. If you don't choose to have empathy, you can actually go through life without ever having it burst, and you will never see through other people's issues, which is why allies are important. That's a really, really interesting point. Actually, we can demystify 
not just bringing and making the workplace a fairer place and, and share some of, sort of our personal experiences and tips and tricks that we've learned along the way to, to be able to do, but bring in some relevant speakers and content that hopefully will, will enhance our viewers' career paths or personal journeys and encourage more people to to move into tech because uh, it's it's a pretty cool area. Me, the non-techie out of the bunch, but I'm, I'm learning to code. So ask me in a couple of years' time. Thank you so much, ladies, for your for your time today. I'm back with an episode two and maybe maybe even a name for our yeah, podcast. Yeah, that would be nice. But for now, we will remain a non The unnamed podcast. Thanks, ladies. It was always a pleasure to chat. Thank you both. Take care. Bye.